Well, for the first time this year, we get to say welcome back to the Firestarter Podcast, episode number two. Ryan Dietrich alongside Tori Peterson. We have a very special guest today, Marty Jalina, the assistant coach with the Calgary Flames. We're going to talk about Jerome Ginla. Well, it's the hot topic around town as we head into March 2nd, as everyone knows with the Jersey retirement uh, coming up very quickly. Yes. Um, it feels like we announced it maybe like two days ago to me because it's been such a breakneck pace from the time that the organization said we're going to retire his jersey here's the date let's go and it's been all hands on deck from every department in this organization so it just it feels like time is flying by as we approach this very significant milestone within the organization this is awesome like the team is in a really good spot playing very well this year now Iggy's coming back. We have a big night schedule that's going to be a it's going to be a spectacle. Just everything around this team right now is really positive, and that's what we like to bring here on Firestarter. Lots of positivity, um, uh, and just to follow up a little bit on, on some of the roll up that we've done with uh, with Iggy over the last little while. Uh, just finishing up our twelve days of Iggy on CalgaryFlames.com. If you want to check that out, CalgaryFlames.com/slash/Iggy. That's where you can find tons of videos, stories from. Uh, myself, Tori, George Johnson, everybody's contributed. It's been a, a labor of love, but uh, certainly worth it for a player of Iggy's caliber and a guy who is such an icon in our city. It's incredible how much content you can create around a single player. That oh, yeah. really shows the impact that he had on this organization and in the league. The amount of people who've reached out and have been happy to contribute their time and tell stories, reminisce about their time with Iggy, whether it be at the Olympics, on another team, with the Flames during the 04 playoff run, no matter what it is, there's just been this incredible outpouring of support from the community. And the fan base, as, as you and I know, have been so ecstatic about this announcement. It's a huge milestone, as you mentioned, in a year that the team is doing great, top of the Western Conference, uh, as we're recording this. So it's a banner part of this season, which has been a great season no matter what, but it's a better part of the year for me in particular <laughs> to be able to have this milestone coming up. Well, you're talking about time flying too. It's actually kind of incredible to think back that uh, it's been 15 years since the 04 run. Like that to me, it feel feels old. like yesterday, doesn't it? It feels makes you feel old. <laughs> it does. I mean, and we and we talked to the guys about it, and you're going to hear from uh, from Marty Jelena or Jelly as he prefers to be called uh, a little bit later, and just waxing on about some of the memories, and and it, it all feels like it just happened yesterday around these parts, and. You know, that was a special time. Magical was he used a word that he used over and over again, and I think we can all relate to that. But, I mean, Tori, just for you, I mean, what sticks out? What are some of your favorite memories of Iggy over the years, both as a fan growing up but also working with him for a little bit too? Well, watching that 4 playoff run is – it makes me feel old to think it was you know, 15 years ago. Like, that really dates you as an individual <laughs> who's been working for a while now with oh, and the I team. I was in high school at that point, too, Same. so I don't really get it. I, yeah, I was in high school. I, it's, I still remember it vividly, though. So from a fan perspective, watching that run, the highs, the lows, um, everything in between, it just felt like a really magical time for a franchise. And the rest of the country really glommed onto this team in a way that I hadn't really seen in, in sports before uh, at that age. So it was just a really fun experience to watch the team and go on that journey with them as a fan. And then after uh, I got the job here, it was over 10 years ago, um, Iggy was still here as a player. And working with him on a variety of projects, um, it's I don't even have the words to describe how gracious of an individual he was. And for an athlete of that caliber and to have that many demands put on him on a daily basis, for him to be as welcoming, uh, open to sharing his time with us, doing 
whatever we asked him to do, he was more than happy to. To have an athlete be like that in the start of your career, especially the captain of the team, of the marquee player of this franchise, one of the most well-known players in this franchise history, it's just a really unique feeling as a, a young person in this career to have someone be that warm and genuine um, on a daily basis. And I'm not saying the other players weren't, because they were. They were more than friendly. I've had great experiences with players over the year, but knowing what Jerome's life was like and how many people wanted his attention and the time and effort he put into training, uh, to, for him to be so great with us and with me in particular is just something I, I'll never forget. He was an incredible person to work with. Doesn't that just speak to what he stands for? I mean, we talked to the players and, and coaches and players around the league that played with him during his heyday and now that he's a you know, retired NHLer and has looked upon as one of the best to have ever played. But we talk about the impact he had with them, but you're talking about the impact that he had on you as a coworker too. I mean, we kind of talk about everybody in this organization and the impact that he had. He really did touch everybody. He did. And I think if you talk to anyone who was here when he was playing, they would echo the exact same sentiments as I am. He was just a genuinely great human being to work alongside. Um, and he's carried that through throughout his career. You hear that from every other organization he's been with and post-career people talking about their experiences with him after he retired. He is still the same person. And I know Marty touched on it quite a few times in our chat with him was uh, that he he's just the nicest guy. He's just one of the nicest And it's not an beings. act. No, it's not an act. It's just so genuine. He never lost that as he made his way through the league and became the star that he became. So just to see that is really, really cool. Well, I have to share one of my favorite memories. Actually, it's not even really a memory. It's just, it's what I remember most about Jerome, having watched him play over the years. And uh, well, number one, the green hard hats from the 04 run, which wasn't necessarily his idea, but that's what I remember most in school and, you know, fellow students that weren't even fans of the team rocking those things on a daily basis. But uh, just there was something about him as a player that stood out and you just haven't seen since. You didn't really see before. He was one of a kind. And what I remember most was every time he would come barreling down that right side, he loaded up at the top of the circle. Didn't matter if it was a wrist shot or slap shot. When he kicked up that right leg, you knew it was going in the net. There was just no chance it wasn't. And didn't matter. Goalies were coming out, challenging it. No chance. No chance. So there aren't very many players past or present that had that kind of impact or struck that kind of a, a fear in their opponents like Jerome did. And I don't even know, looking at the NHL these days, how many players, you know, especially with their shot, have that capability. Maybe Alex Ovechkin, maybe Patrick Laine, but Jerome's still one of the best ever. I, Ovechkin would be, the, I think, the closest comparison yeah. in that regard. Uh, Laine has some, a ways to go. Yeah. He's still young. So I don't know if you can even make that comparison quite yet in his career, but you're right. Like, and to play that power forward role as well as he did for as many years, because that is a role that breaks down players' bodies. Yes. It's hard to sustain because you're just getting banged up every night and you're putting it all on the line every single shift. So your body is just taking this incredible toll after throughout all those years. And his level of play never really diminished. He played that style right to the end. And maybe he wasn't scoring as much in the last few years of his career, but he was still playing that power forward role in such an effective manner uh, I think that is impressive in its own right. And I, we don't talk about it a lot, but yeah. like the fact that he was able to sustain that kind of play for his entire career, to me, is incredibly impressive. And you know what? I think we're seeing a little bit of that carryover now because you speak to how that breaks down your body, and it does, but Jerome was always one of the fittest players, took great care of his body, and where's a no better example of that with this current edition of the Flames than Mark Giordano? And he talks 
at length about the impact that Jerome had, and especially on the fitness side of things, which you know sometimes gets overlooked when it comes to on-ice results. But he just said he was one of his biggest role models for that reason alone. And look at Gio now, you know, 35 years old, having a career season and not looking like he's slowing up anytime soon. He's always one of the fittest flames too. Gio is always, no matter what, it's one or two, he's going to be one of the fittest flames every training camp. And Jerome was the same way. The care that they put into their off-season training regimen is really impressive because they knew, they Gio knows now and Iggy knew then that to be able to be as effective as they are on the ice, their summers had to be completely devoted to maintaining that level of fitness. And they come in and they're, they're just ripped. Like they look like they're hulking out in training camp and it's like, <laughs> it's September guys. Like, didn't you have a couple of weeks to like go to the beach, <laughs> like take a few weeks off, but yeah. no, they don't like it, Iggy did not. And Gio learned from the best, I think in terms of not just the fitness aspect, but the leadership aspect, there's a lot of similarities there. The leading on ice, uh, Gio gives 110% every mm-hmm. shift as cliche as that is. He, he just gives it all every single night. And he, he learned from the best. Jerome was like that every single game. Well, let's uh, let's dive into this a little bit deeper and get a few more stories, tales, uh, on-ice experiences from one of the guys that knows him best and uh, certainly one of the most important times of Jerome's career. That would be Flames assistant coach, the Eliminator, Marty Jelena, coming up next here on Firestarter. Star Metro Calgary, the official media partner of Firestarter. Get your morning started with the Star Metro newspaper every weekday in Calgary and follow the story all day, every day on thestar.com. Star Metro Calgary and the Star.com are your essential sources for local, national, and international news. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Marty, uh, welcome to the Firestarter podcast. Well, thanks you for are, having me. You are our second guest. Am I? Yes. This is wonderful. Yes. Very good. You, uh, you come after Brad for living. So. Well, this is just yeah. not easy to do. But <laughs> And I, I imagine you're going to get Connie eventually. Eventually, but he's never here. Trying yeah. to nail him down. So the, the challenge with Connie... Uh, is is you're trying to ask some questions, but he just keeps talking, so you can't <laughs> can't ask any questions. We were talking about that earlier because we have kind of a time cap on these. We don't need them to go an hour and a half Forever. long. <laughs> and if you have Connie on, the editing process is quite hard yeah. because he, you're right, he just goes and goes. He's and got goes. some great stories, though. <laughs> He's a great great guy. Um, this episode, we are uh, talking a lot about Jerome McGinley as his jersey retirement is coming up on March 2nd, and you spent two seasons with him. It feels a little bit longer, I think, because of that extended 2004 playoff run. I thought it was you played here a few more years, but you only actually spent two seasons here with Jerome uh, yeah. as a player. That's right. Um, looking back now, do you have any favorite memories on or off the ice with Jerome? You know what? There's there's a lot. Obviously, the first year was a, 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 a tougher year, and, and the year where uh, Daryl Sutter kind of took over and and, uh, and and we had that run uh, was, was magical. It was magical because we were a blue-collar uh, type of team, uh, and it just kind of, you know, going to the playoff, the expectations were very little. And we, uh, uh, as a team, uh, we, we exceeded expectations. The city just got crazy. Uh, we started believing in the dressing room. And, and, and all of this, I, I go back, and it was because of Jerome and Kipper. Those two guys kind of made it happen. And, and uh, uh, he was ex- exceptional in, in the playoff he was he was he was a man on a mission uh and it was just nice to be able to play with him so so there's uh there's a lot of stories that will be uh, told about jerome and i always go back to to me and they say do you have one story that kind of st- 
stick up in your mind. And it's always at Game 7 in, in Vancouver in 2004. It's April uh, 19. I know it's April 19 because it was my daughter's birthday that day, and we ended up winning. But uh, he's the guy that, from, from the drop of the puck, uh, uh, took charge and, and made things happen. And I remember uh, we're leading with, with uh, 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 two minutes to go, uh, and then uh, for some reason... Uh, they ended up tying the goal, uh, uh, tying the game with five seconds to go, and uh, Jerome had two goals at that at that time. Uh, we went back in the room, and this story that that I remind remind me of Iggy all the time is is going back in that room, and it was quiet. Team was def deflated, and Jerome kind of stood up and and took charge and started talking. He said, "If someone would have said before the round started, we'd be in Game Seven against Vancouver, would have taken it, and then from that point on." Uh, you know, the mood changed and we went on the ice and Jerome set up the, the game winner. He was 26 years old in 2004. It's actually hard to believe because we look back on that time and think of him and even still the moments that he created as being the wily veteran of the group. But that's a big moment for a young team to kind of overcome what you mentioned was a deflating moment to go into that dressing room, refocus and giving up the tying goal. I think, I think it was only five seconds left. But did you see that sort of that kind of leadership emerged from Jerome prior to that game was that you know unexpected or surprised in any way to me it was unexpected because Jerome is a, is a quiet leader he, he led by example on the ice and and always done that he, you know not too many players can change the momentum of a game or change a game with with a goal with an assist with a, a hit or a fight and Jerome could do all of that uh, but that day, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's special because just the way he took that next step in leadership and, and taking that next step in the room, I thought it was, uh, it was a big step. Yeah. During that run, there's so many magical moments for Flames fans and for players alike looking back and reflecting. Do you have any particular memories from any of those series that really stands out, maybe an unexpected one for you outside of that Vancouver one with the, uh, the hey, tying goal? You know what? There's so many little stories that happened. I mean, there's, I mean it, was, it was a run of little stories. It was Steve Monador scoring a big goal. It was, it was overtime uh, winner by Oli Saprikan. And, and that, that game, that goal actually was probably, there was game five in, in Tampa Bay. That's, that's, that's a shift I'll remember forever. I think it was a, it must have been a three minute shift for Iggy. But I remember we're on the ice, we're going, and Jerome's got the puck, he's on a mission, he's battling behind the net, uh, loses his helmet, and keeps on going. We got the puck, and then we decide to change. And, and, but for some reason, Iggy got caught on the ice. So he's tracking back, he's, he's going back in our zone. The puck, shift quickly going the opposite side now he's going back on the offense i think he's at two and a half minute at that time he's still going uh sets up woolly uh Saprika for the uh uh for, for the game winner so so to me that was a big big shift uh but there's so many stories of of, of iggy and, and different guys that stepped up uh, that that playoff run so uh it was it was magical and it was a lot of fun yeah it was no surprise to see him without a helmet. He did that a few times throughout yeah. his career, didn't he? He just battled through it no matter what was going on out he, there. He right? was a battler. He's a, he's a competitor. He loved to win and loved to compete and, and uh, uh, you know, loses his helmet and he just kept on going. Well, I know personally as somebody who grew up in this city and was obviously a big fan during, during that run, uh, for me anyway, one of the most iconic moments of that entire playoff run was Game 3 against Tampa. And finally, it had kind of been brewing for a little while, but him dropping the gloves with Vinny LeCavalier, and I think probably to this day, still goes down as one of the best 
maybe Flames playoff moments, but certainly in NHL playoff history, a really iconic moment. But to be on the ice and to be on the bench, how does your group respond to your leader going out there and doing what he did in that moment? You know what? You're, you're, when you see your leader taking charge and, and, and wanting to change things or want to make things happen, uh, uh, you want to do the same thing and, and you want to go to battle with him. Uh, so that was a big moment. Uh, taking Atcher against uh, against Detroit was a big moment. Uh, so so he had a few of them where he was not afraid to kind of take charge and, and make things happen. But against uh, Vinny, it's two big boys going at her, and and uh, Jerome was pretty tough. <laughs> and we don't see that much. We were t- I don't even know how we got on the subject, but uh, the topic of star players fighting, fighting in general is down in the league, but stars doing it. You're sort of weary about the fact that, that guys are sort of putting them on the line. But with Jerome, that was just a part of his identity, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, he's, he was competitive and, and uh, uh, in, in the heat of the moment, he would just kind of do it and without really, I think, without really thinking. And, and he was good at it too. <laughs> uh, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he was really good at it and, and he was not afraid. So uh, not too many, you're right now, the new, with the new, uh, new game and new NHL, you don't see that very often anymore. One of his other legacies off the ice is his work in the community, um, which I think you still see um, pieces of that legacy today because he just made it a standard within this organization that you're a player here, you're a part of the community, you're going to work with the community, find whatever passion project you want, but you're going to align yourself and be a part of this community and contribute. Do you see that today that kind of legacy trickling down to the players that you have on your roster now that it's just an assumption you just go and work in the community and that kind of it seemed like it started with Iggy it's you know what he was he was always uh, the first one to uh, uh, to help out and and, uh, uh, he was willing with his time and and, uh, he was really really good at and and not only he was willing he was good at it Uh, when when uh, you know he took Whatever charity he did, uh, he was 100% involved, and uh, whoever he was involved with, he made them feel special. And this is what I always say. I look at Iggy, and, and we got a lot of stories on the ice and off the ice. Uh, but to, to me, I look at Iggy, and this is what I'm most impressed and I respect most is, is the way he is off ice. Uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, you know, and with, with the charity, it's because he cared and, 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 and he wanted to give back and, and so on. But with people, it didn't matter who it was, uh, he was engaged and made you feel special. And this is what's special about this guy is off ice. He was, he was a quality, quality person. So on the ice, awesome. But off ice, to me, he is, he is the best. Being a, you know, a coach with the team now, do you still, as Tori mentioned, do you still see that? And do you still try to impart some of that on, especially a lot of the young players that are coming up and maybe haven't been exposed to that personally, but have heard about what uh, Iggy's contributions were? You know what? I, I, I think it's just, you're talking about this is, this is, the, this is the, uh, the line now. This is what need the expectation. This is what we do here. We care about the community. We know it's important. Uh, I think that comes from our ownership too, from our leadership right from the top and then and from the management and, and Iggy and the players are doing a great job in the community for us. Now, after you finished off your playing career, you went and did some development coaching with Nashville. I know that. And then you came back to Calgary as an assistant coach. You, there was that overlap there with Jerome that first year. What is that like to come in 
and coach someone that you're close with, that you've played with, and you've played with not that long ago. You're not that far removed from your playing days at that point. What was that like? You know what? It was it was not easy. Well, for, first of all, it was my, my first time coaching. So so I had a chance, uh, you, you know, when I took the job to go and sit down with Iggy and say, this is this is my role and so on. He was really, really good. So, and you know what? He always made me feel like uh, I, was, I was doing a, a decent job, and that's just the type person he is so so there's always a fine line between being friend and and coaching and and you know what uh he always he was really professional he always uh, we had a good relationship and if he needed to say something he would have said something but he was always uh he was always good to me yeah how long did it take him to uh maybe shed the nickname and call you coach or anything like that uh, you know, he's, to this day, he still call me Jelly. So there's no coach there. The, the players now call me Coach, but not not Iggy, not, not him. Is there, you know, and especially when you got on the coaching side of things, and and to see him from just a slightly different perspective behind the bench, and you look at the years that you've coached now and the players that are in the game now, he was a really unique player, one of a kind. Is there a comparable that you've noticed maybe since that is? Not gotten to that level, but approached something that you see. There's a little bit of drama in that guy. Yeah, no, not like he was. He was elite at at all levels. But but we talk about. There's not too many guys now that that can change. Like like for example, we love Johnny, and and Johnny can change the momentum of a game with with a shift, with a speed, with a pass. Uh, but he's not going to change the momentum with a fight or a big hit. That's just not who he is. And uh, maybe it was a different era back then, but Jerome could do that. He could a, a big goal, big pass, a big hit. Uh, we talk about that fight with Lecavalier. He was willing to do that to change the momentum and, and make sure that everybody was uh, following him and, and following his lead. So, um, yeah, I, I can't think of one player that would be like, like Jerome. And... Now that you've experienced the 2004 run and you saw how excited the city was, you were immersed in it. This year, I don't want to draw direct comparisons to it, but there's a buzz around the city this year. It just feels a bit different in terms of how the fans are reacting, how the season has gone. Do you see any comparisons between 2004 and this year in terms of how the fan base has really been engaged the entire season in the buzz. Yeah, you know, but you got to remember in 2004, like we squeezed, like we made the playoff, but it was not, it's not like we, we cruised. We had to battle and, and so on. I remember with 28 uh, games to go, uh, uh, we had a, uh, we, we broke it down in four, four segments of uh, seven, seven games and, and approached that as, as a playoff run and made the playoff. And it was unexpected and nobody was expecting us to win. And it just kind of snowballed from there. This year, uh, from right from the beginning, we start winning a little bit. And the expectations were not quite as high. But, but now we've got some believer uh, in our dressing room in the, in the city that, you know what, uh, if we get in the playoff, good things could happen. So it's a little bit different where I, I think right now we're rolling and we're fit, playing confident and so on. Where in 2004 we were just battling and, and doing whatever it took to, to, to win games. So, is it a challenge too to go through the situation where maybe you're the underdog like you were in 2004 to know what the goal is and know you've got to absolutely bring your best every night? To, not that you don't now, yeah. but you're at the top of the pack, you're the hunted. It just sort of changes the expectations. How do you temper not that excitement, but just keep the guys on an even keel to know that they have to keep pressing forward because. 
we've all seen it, especially with how tight things are. You can't get complacent. No, easily. you're right. You know, a week or two, and it could change uh, uh, quite a bit. I, I, I think Bill Peters done a great job making sure everybody's accountable, knows knows their job, uh, knows what's expecting, uh, and and uh, where we're going. And uh, we don't talk about what we've done. Uh, we talk, you know, from the opponent what we need, what we need to do, how we're going to win, and so on. He's very good at making sure everybody's focused and engaged and, and ready to go. And uh, to finish off, we've been doing some rapid-fire questions oh with boy. our guests. Um, so they're not hockey-related, okay. so you don't have to worry. They're just really quick rapid-fire questions. So we're going to start with, uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. What skill would you like to master? Uh, woodworking. What are you addicted to? It can be a food, a TV show, whatever it is. I is love one sugar. Thing? You know, people oh. don't know. I just say kind. I just. I don't candy. know if I've ever seen you eat sugar. Oh yeah, I love I've known sugar. you for a long time. Yeah. That's a lot of bad plaza, habits. Plaza, plaza eater, yeah. <laughs> we heard Brad Tree Living mentioned what was it? Salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, salt and vinegar that. chips so for Tree. Right? Yeah. Just got to get away from RVA. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's right. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh... Uh, I, th I think uh, someone that is dishonest. Are you a morning person or a night uh, owl? Morning, for sure. That was a quick answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what city or country would you like to visit that you haven't already been to? Uh, you know what? I think I've, I've been to Italy, but I like to do it a little bit and more. It was quick, so I'd like to go back there and, and uh, maybe go to the wine country there. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, how about Abraham Lincoln? I, I like not. it. I yeah, like okay. Uh, your favorite band or musician? Uh, Billy Joel. Favorite sport outside of hockey? Uh, you know, I'm all in hockey. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to stick with hockey. That's my sport. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and finally, in a battle of the nicest guys in the organization, who would win, Jerome McGinley or Craig Conroy? Oh, boy. You know what? That, that is... So, so, uh, that is not easy. That is not easy. I think it's, it's a tie. Uh, they're both good, good guys. So, it's, I'll say it's a fair tie. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Well, thanks a lot, Marty, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah.